200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, you alerted me to a piece of news here in San Francisco, completely off my radar. I just didn't notice it, um, which isn't terribly unusual. I'm looking at news all across the country. Um, San Francisco District Attorney George Gascon uh, recently announced a new artificial intelligence tool, I think developed by researchers at Stanford University. Right. Uh, that will automatically redact from police reports any information that would indicate the race of an individual accused of a crime. Uh, What he wants to do is he wants to eliminate any influence of racial bias in the decision-making process as to whether or not charges should be pursued or dropped in any given case. Um, Attorneys will make a preliminary decision based upon the redacted report and then a final decision after reading the unredacted version. I think it's an interesting experiment. What's what's your thought? Well, I know that that there's a, a huge um, pushback from local law enforcement here in California saying they don't agree with this at all. But I think there there is some intriguing aspect or two about uh, the experiment. Now, Stanford Computational University Policy Lab is going to... Um, for free contribute to the software and the experiment uh, to redact the suspect's race and name as well as the race of the victims. Now, um, you'll see some uh, studies that will show uh, potential bias, not just of the race and name or perceived ethnicity of the suspect, but also that um, the courts may be, uh, or the DA in charging the juries and judges may also uh, be more harsh on a suspect based on the race of the, the victim. victim yeah. So that's important to note. Um, so I think the the negative feeling towards this this uh, experiment is that um, it's somehow going to um, uh, cause um, overcharging on some races rather than others. I think. It's, it's a blind test. And, and actually, we've talked about it on the show before where I've said um, the idea that, that the policies, the crime policies are out of control because so many people of one race or ethnicity ends up um, far exceeding their um, per capita representation in the population is wrong. I don't know that that's a fact. And we, we've, we haven't proven that. Right. This is something that actually might help with that. If, if it works or if, it, if, it, if it's used, uh, I think the numbers could backfire on this district attorney to where uh, it's similar to current charging. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to see the experiment go a step further to the point where um, maybe, if, maybe if it given the choice to the defendant that they don't have to show up in court, that 
their name and race is redacted. Their in image, the court proceeding. In a court proceeding oh, wow. where the judge and the jury um, and the attorneys only know the individual by a barcode or a number and let the chips fall where they may after that. Um, you know, critics said they they lobbied long and hard for police to wear body cameras right. because body cameras would and and I'm saying this as as what the the the, the, the opposition the opposition well. I guess would say uh, that the body cameras will show the abuses by the police the body cameras will show the bias in police I think if anything by the vast majority of cases shown the body cameras have shown the police are trying to do their job that they've they've brought out the truth in these false allegations against officers for misconduct that they've never participated in right. um I, I love it when um sworn government officials try to use their leverage in their authority positions to get out of a ticket right. or a car being towed like a judge or, or a mayor or whatever or, right I, and then the and then the body camera footage is shown. Yeah. Um, in police use of force, the the footage usually bears out that it needed to be done. And you know, if we get into a situation like a, a bang bang play in baseball at first base or second base, where you slow it down to a millisecond, um, we should be thinking about what the cop sees in real time. Mm -hmm. What's what's in their mind when the individual is making actions. I think those cases, um, the body camera footage bears out what the officer is seeing. There, there are limitations, mm -hmm. right, in, yep. the, in the dimensions and the viewpoints and the angle and the audio. Field of view, darkness, yes. all that thing. But, yeah, to your point, I mean, it, what, we, what we found in the, the deployment, widespread deployment of body cameras, which really took off after Ferguson, um, that the the notion that it was going to ferret out a whole bunch of bad cops clearly has not happened. Right. Um, and so I think that it's interesting when you go back to this uh, artificial intelligence redaction thing. And by the way, taking it to the courtroom is an entirely different level that I hadn't thought of. Uh, um, I'd like to see this go through to step A first. Let's do step A and see what happens. Um, but I think, it's a, I think it's a worthwhile experiment. And... I, again, to your point, I think that, you know, not trying to predict the future, but predicting the future a little bit, I think we're going to see similar results. I think it's going to show that for the for, for the most part, DAs base their decisions on the crime, on whether or not they have enough evidence mm -hmm. to, to right. get, whether or not it's worth their damn time because they've got a stack of cases on their desk this big and they can only choose so many. Right, right. Right. And the DA wants to stay the DA, right? right? So that you need to be prosecuting and, and having successful prosecutions. So I'm going to say that I'm going to say right now, they're going to probably find out that the decision-making process is really based on what they have in their file and not what the, the photograph of the victim or what the photograph of the criminal looks like. Right. And I'm curious to see if they use cases that they are charging and then they run them through the AI, the, the um, artificial intelligence, to see, to confirm, or if they're doing it with all cases brought to them. In that case, 
I would wager that more cases get charged. And the reason is, you, you sort of uh, suggested it, but district attorneys in a lot of jurisdictions, probably the majority, are elected. They're elected. They They're elected stay officials. Elected. Yeah. And, and, and they, they like to run on a platform of successful prosecutions. And successful record of prosecution is in the 90 percentile. Yeah. Um, so cases that may be good from the perspective of the investigator were clearly the victim. Uh, a lot of those cases don't get charged because they're not, you know, the jargon used is a slam dunk prosecution. Right. So if I say, if we're, if this is going to be an experiment, let's use all the cases brought by the police agencies. I think that that's what they're going to do. Well, my that, my that, read on that article was that everything's going to get redacted and they review it. And then they read the unredacted report and in every case. And that's... I, I can't see that because misdemeanor cases of uh, misdemeanor slash felony, but the <laughs> misdemeanor drug cases, stolen car cases, prostitution cases, they don't get a second look here in, in Northern California. Yeah. And I would imagine that depending on how, you know, again, the devil's in the details, how the program is programmed. Uh, if there's a certain level of evidence and proof met, does the case get charged? Yeah. Regardless of the victim or the suspect. I, you know, again, I, I think it's an interesting experiment. And if, with anything scientific or anything, you know, um, academic or intellectual, you don't know what you're going to get until you're done. Right, so, but but you, there are still humans involved. So yeah. you know the term "gigo," right? Yeah, garbage yeah. in, garbage out. So if somebody programs it with all the safeguards so that the cases are actually uh, charged less than with a human, then th that's that's doctoring the system. Right. But if I do like the idea of taking humans out of the system, and you know, it's like the pitch. It's like the pitch over home plate. If you have a um, a video umpire, an AI umpire calling balls. Oh, that's coming, by the way. That's coming. Well, I mean, because it's definitive. Yeah. In these cases, you have humans making judgment calls of whether or not they're going to charge a case based on their own personal preferences. So, yeah, I say go with it. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we'll look at it a year from now and see what the results are. Yeah, you know, let's do that. I, but I think anyone who's criticizing the fact that it's even being attempted is is not seeing the opportunity for you know there's always an opportunity to learn something why give up on an opportunity to yeah. learn something yeah. so interesting um we like hearing from you so send us an email it's policing matters at police one.com that is policing matters at police one.com thanks again for listening